Alright, three, two, one. How's it going, everybody? And welcome back to the Nerd Stuff with Ian 2.0 podcast. As always, I'm your host, Ian. And today's episode, I want to talk about a book from Image Comics that, at least to me, kind of flew under my radar. I picked up the first issue back when it initially came out, back in March. But then I kind of forgot about it because of everything that's going on. And typically, you know, with everything that's going on with the the Rona, I guess the best way to put it, especially with comic book shop kind of being affected and, you know, a lot of independent publishers, typically Image, didn't want to release a lot of books. And the book I want to talk about, no, it's not Oblivion Song, because <laughs> I've already talked about that and I know I've repped that quite enough, and no, it's not Stealth, I will talk about that soon enough. But the book I want to talk about is, excuse me, is Decorum by Jonathan Hickman, who's the writer, and the artist on the book, I can never remember his name off the top of my head, is Mike Huddleston. And this story very much, at least to me, for anybody who remembers the, mo- the movie The Fifth Element, I definitely get vibes and themes that very much this story feels like it could be placed in that kind of universe. At least to me. Kind of that space opera, you know, hilariousness. Not something in the long of Star Wars, in which I'll talk about a series that's similar to Star Wars, soon enough called Saga. And I'll be saved for another day. I've held that one off. But Decorum is one that very much has, at least to me, flew under the radar. Like I said, you know, I forgot about it. And then all of a sudden issues two and three came out. And I was like, oh no, I got to get back on this. Read them and just immediately remembered why... I love Jonathan Hickman so much as a writer is he sets up, you know, future issues because he always sets up for the best way to put, put it is he always, whenever he writes a story, he plans for a future payoff for you as the reader. So if you read from issue one to whatever issue he decides to give you the payoff on, whether it's, issue 25 or 30, you know, you feel gratified as the reader, knowing like, hey, I follow this, I know what he's talking about. And if people have been reading X-Men, he very much is the guy that completely restructured the X-Men, along with the Fantastic Four and the Avengers, before he did his big event that is... Pretty much more or less a remake of Secret Wars, which I talked about in my old podcast. I'll probably talk about it again at some point, but I'll probably make that more of a writer-centric podcast in regards of what he truly does. And Decorum very much falls in that wheelhouse. It's it's a sci-fi action story. And we're going to go just, I'm going to pull directly from Image's description of what Decorum is. So, 
Decorum sent around the dangerous exploits of the well-mannered assassin in the known universe, Nia Nori Zod. And the first issue came back out in March 11th. And <laughs> the Nia Nori Zod, man, she is <laughs> very much a trip when it comes down to a character. Because they describe her as well-mannered, but once you really, you know, you meet her in the first issue, she's more some mail carrier. She really was just the right place at the wrong time. And she just ends up getting drafted to become an assassin. And you get to see the craziness that is the world of decorum play out. And I'm going to spoil a little bit. But most of this stuff's really not giant spoilers because how he's written it so far is it's very slow. And for people who are aware of Jonathan Hickman, John, like I said, Jonathan Hickman's a man of the big payout. It's a slow burn, but it, once the once he gets the steam going for it and you start seeing where it's going to go, the story picks up. And... That's where his writing style does best. He's not good with limited series. He's great with longer-lasting, long series, where he can do multiple issues, cover small arcs within it, but have them each arc conversing into one central story to build it up so this way your world-building experience with all these different characters you see you know, is even better. I mean, he, he did it with the Fantastic Four. He's doing it with the X-Men. And he truly revolutionized the Avengers. And for what people saw from, you know, Avengers Infinity War and Endgame, a lot of that came from what John Thickman created. And combined with Infinity Gauntlet and everything else, he very much revolutionized a lot of that. And with Decorum, I very much feel like he's doing that same thing. You know, he's introducing to a world of space assassins. And I like the idea. It's something different from the norm. Like I said, it's an action sci-fi genre story. And I very much feel as though it is one that, well, at least for me, I feel like it is a story that most people should get behind. You know, just because Jonathan Hickman's such a great writer, and I know exactly how much these early issues are going to mean later, or how much these early issues, I shouldn't even mean, how much the build-up to where he wants us to go is going to be. And the artwork of Mike Huddleston just adds to what Jonathan Hickman's doing. I mean, seeing the creatures he has, they've created... It very much is in that realm of, you know, sci-fi with, you know, Star Trek, Farscape, you know, with the Fifth Element, all these different space, you know, space opera, space odyssey type stories. And this falls right in line with it. I mean, currently right now you have... <laughs> Like I said, I'm spoiling a little bit, but this plays in well with where you know she's going. She already knew 
when I talk about you, just right place at the wrong time, or wrong place at the right time, I guess, whichever way you want to look at it, with her becoming an assassin, and it's just funny to me, because he did probably one of the funniest comic book scenes I've read in a while, because when I read that, the the scene involves uh, Nia Nori Zod, and another assassin I won't name yet, because this is what you want to read it, they're they're talking about they're talking with one of the head trainers about what's your kill count. Everyone's talking about their kill count. People are like, oh, I've killed twenty people, I've killed, you know, fifteen people. Then they have one assassin who calls herself an amateur, but she's cured nearly seven thousand people. And I mean she she's talking in depth. And it's just funny when you start hearing the deaths and you know, the death count she has and she, and she ends up getting distracted in the conversation. And the trainer goes, she asks the trainer, like, where did I leave off at? And the trainer goes, you left off at 5,000 something something. So there was 300 left. And she goes, oh, the other 300 were taken out this way. And everyone's sitting there looking at her like, how are you an amateur? And it was just funny how it was well written to that. And then you go to Zoden. They ask her, like, you killed and she just she's just talking about her likes and dislikes she talks about the fact she likes wearing shorts she thinks they look good but she's not opposed to pants but she likes wearing shorts it's just her and the trainer's just getting pissed and she looks back at the person that brought her in person brought her in she's like she's special just let it go and Zoda is just going and talking and the chick just has enough she's just like why? She's like, have you killed anybody? I just say yes or no, a number. And she's like, no, I haven't. I'm just here. You know, I've never killed anybody. I just want to learn. And the girl looks back at her, at the person who brought her in, and it's just pure rage. And just, she goes, you've all passed, including you, Zode, even though you haven't killed anybody. And she looks back at the, the person that brought her in, and she goes, will start her training and just walks out because she's just mad as anything because the person that brought her in raven gave her raving reviews and to her she's thinking oh well she's probably this great assassin that probably or this young ridiculous talent that no one knows about yet or no she's standing below and she found her we can train her we can make her better and you come to find out she's just none of the sort and I thought it was just very funny how they played that out. And that scene in particular, like, I encourage you to read it, but it's super funny. And with that, I guess kind of give you guys a little more understanding of Jonathan Hickman as a writer. And kind of like different stories in case you guys are curious of like, hey, what else has he done? His bigger, well-known books have been with Fantastic Four... Avengers and New Avengers, during, I think it was from 2011, 2012 to 2014, 2015 when, actually I think it was 2014 when Secret Wars was starting up. And the Secret Wars event was pretty much this line-wide event that he's been setting up for a while. What centers really around Fantastic Four, the first family, which again he previously wrote, so of course... He knew, he knew the characters, and he wanted to utilize them. And he took full advantage of where he wanted to go. And 
he wanted to fix the Marvel Universe. That was his game plan when he did Secret Wars, which unfortunately didn't happen. So, now he's back. Marvel brought him in. He They gave him full range to do X-Men. And now he's got a bazillion titles under X-Men. I mean, you have Hellions, New Mutants, Marauders, X-Men, Wolverine. You've got so many... You have Magneto. You've got so many titles under X-Men. I can't even keep them up with all of them. Like, it's that crazy. And there's still more that are apparently supposed to come out. And... God, I don't even know where to begin with those, man. It's it's a lot. And that's kind of what he does best. You know, he can... He tends to do really well with... he. Like I said, he's a guy that sets up the payoff. He sets up the early stages of certain things he sets up this way. You pay attention to them, but he pay, But when you see an issue... Oh, you saw us in issue 4. Was you 25... You get the payoff for it. And he, he very much reminds you as the reader. If you begin reading from his first issue. Where he tells you. Like, gives you an idea. Maybe I should reread these old issues. And that's what he does well at. And that's what a lot of writers unfortunately have problems with. In some instances. Especially with comic books. is You know. You want to have a story be welcoming. But you also want to have. The person want to buy your trade paperbacks. Want to buy the story from the beginning. So this way they're picking up the issues. This way they want to catch up. To where you're at. This way you increase sales. And very much that's what Jonathan Hickman. Really is capable of doing. In regards to just. His writing style. And really where. He just goes with Marvel. So like I said. Fantastic Four. Avengers New Avengers. And X-Men have been the three most, three biggest ones he's known for. He has written Ultimate X-Men, Ultimate Avengers, Ultimate Thor, back when the Ultimate Universe was around. And his other story he he wrote was East of West. And at some point I will cover that. And, hmm, sorry, I'm getting a little tired myself right now. He, it's just a lot in regards with what he puts forward. And with all the elements and the themes he likes to put in there, you know, he likes to, in a lot of ways, try to think how I want to describe his writing. Like, I've already described it one way. Try to think of, like, some of the themes he likes to really push. But then again, I guess it depends on the book he's writing. And he's a guy that can really do well with that. Now, I guess to kind of give you guys an idea of why I haven't covered his X-Men run yet, and when I talked about it, is because there's so many titles. And you really don't know where to kind of pick and choose which titles to read from him. Because not every title is written by him, but he definitely has influence of where the title should go. Whether it's, you know, Wolverine, which is being currently written by Benjamin Percy, or you have New Mutants, which is between him and Ed, him and Ed Brisson, or Hellions, or any of the different stories that's currently ongoing. You know, each of them is building towards 
really and truly this vast epic that I don't even know how to really describe to you guys. Because it's something that very much has not been done yet in X-Men until now. And it's one that I feel very much is going to be very hard to follow for any writer whatsoever. And crazy enough is I think his, I guess his run on X-Men and his effect on it, I think will have bigger overarching effects, bigger than Chris Claremont's. And that, for people who know X-Men, or people who are always curious, Chris Claremont wrote a lot of the greatest X-Men stories you've ever read. He wrote 18 years, almost 19 years worth of X-Men stories. And when you do that much, when you've written Days of Future Past, you've written the, that, that being one of the biggest, you've written you know about the Hellfire Club, you did the Phoenix and Dark Phoenix sagas, you've done all these different arcs, and created all these different characters, and you've expanded... You know, the X-Men mythos out into the galaxy and everything like that. The fact that, you know, just me thinking about that John Hickman's going to have a, you know, his take on the X-Men's going to be even bigger than that. In my opinion, it's going to be even crazier. And that's kind of why I don't really want to talk in depth about it because there is so much that is involved with the X-Men and all the books that come with it. And to be honest with you guys, like anything else, I pick up the comic books I want to read and have fun with them. I don't want to have to pick up every book because I need this book for this and that. And ultimately, that's kind of how I stick to it, and I, I prefer it that way. Because I think most comic book readers have been, and most people who've talked about it, they can tell you which titles are great of X-Men. They can also tell you which titles are not the best. They can also tell you which titles you probably shouldn't even be wasting your time reading. Versus titles that you really should be jumping on. Is Which is exactly the same thing I'm doing now. And very much so, like anything else, it's just a lot to just tell you guys, hey, read these such and such stories when... You never know which story is truly going to be the one that's going to jump up to the top. And I mean, there's been... God, I don't know how many other... Overarching themes and just the craziness that really goes into what he's done to the X-Men so far. That just makes it one that... like I, I really would have to tell you, you have to read Powers of Ten... Or no, House of X, Powers of Ten. And truly to just understand the scope of what he's going for. And even then, there's so much more he's trying to do. And it's just... I, I, don't, I can't even... My brain's even having a harder time trying to fathom how far this could truly go. Like, I'm seeing it within certain books that are going on right now. What's being set up. And that's why I'm curious to see where it's going to go. That's why, personally, if you're really trying to get into his writing, X-Men's a great one to get into, but it's going to be a lot of titles, or you have to wait for a lot of the trade paperbacks. That's why I would suggest, if you're really going to try and get into his writing, you know, East of West... 
Decorum now that's his newest title he's writing. Or even some of his older works. Or if you really like, hey, I really want to read his X-Men. Read House of X, Powers of Ten. And then follow the trade paperbacks. And you'll be able to catch up. Because it very much will make sure you're getting the basic story of what he's putting forth. Which is something I've given Marvel a lot of props of with his books. Is they very much, they're pulling issues that very much are pr prominent towards the title and the event. And I think that is very smart for how Jonathan Lippmann writes. And for a company to try and get new readers. So definitely, whatever way you do, if you decide to get into Jonathan was writing, I definitely suggest it. But ultimately, I figured you guys wanted to read a title from him that's not straight Marvel or DC. One that's independent. One that I feel like is going to be a underground hit that once you know people recognize it, it's going to pop off. It's going to be the one that I feel like is... It's the sleeper hit, at least to me, of 2020. You know, same with Undiscovered Country. Both stories are very much great stories, even with Oblivion Song. All of those are great stories, and they're all being done independently. And that's why I'd be loving the independent comic book scene. Because, I mean, thank you guys for, you know, really pushing me to be like... And pushing me to really read more of the independent books. It's like, I've read them, I just never talked about them. And I figured, this way, you guys can kind of see what stories I've read. And if those are stories you guys want to read, go for it. If not, no harm, no foul. I just like making sure you guys know that there's more than just Batman, Superman, Captain America, and Iron Man out there. And the comic book universe. Or I guess, in the widespread of comic books. At all, all in all. So, with that being said, I want to say thank you guys again for listening to the podcast. As always, you guys can always find me on Twitter, Facebook. That's can always email me, anything like that. So, yeah, you guys ever have any questions? You guys will talk to me, throw titles my way, anything like that. Gladly, we'll read them. So, thank you guys for listening, and uh, yeah, you guys have a great night. Later.